Time now for the listening lunch. The audio clips you need to hear, and we react to them here on Ken Levick Alive. And we start with Keyshawn Johnson. He was on first take yesterday on ESPN. And uh, Keyshawn, we're going to hear from him a couple of times in the listening lunch. He is ready to put Kirby Smart ahead of Dabo Swinney in the pantheon of college football coaches. I think he passes Dabo Sweeney to me. I give a lot of credit to Dabo Sweeney's staff that he had at Clemson in the heyday. When you have Tony Elliott, who is now the head coach of Virginia, or Jeff Scott, who's now the head coach at South Florida, Chad Morris, who is the head coach at SMU in Arkansas, who's now the head coach in Allen, Texas at a high school, who probably... Who knows, he may wind up back at Clemson as the offensive coordinator. And then Brent Venables, who's the head new head coach at University of Oklahoma, and you know what his defenses was like at Clemson. So I give a lot of that credit to them from recruiting and calling the defense and the offense for many years at Clemson, where Kirby Smart has been consistent as a defensive coordinator, whether it was at Alabama or now we see it at Georgia, where his defense is, you know, considered one of the top six or seven defenses in college football history. So never mind the fact that Dabo Swinney won two national championships in three years. Never mind the fact that Dabo Swinney delivered Alabama its biggest beating in uh, their history in the college football playoff to win the 2018 national title. Never mind the fact that Dabo, two-time national champion, Kirby Smart just won his first and just figured out a way to beat Nick Saban. Keyshawn Johnson wants you to know that... That wasn't Dabo, and I can't believe that Keyshawn Johnson's put me in a situation to defend Dabo Swinney, who just makes my skin crawl every time he talks. Dabo Swinney, because he had an awesome staff, because he put together an all-world staff, he doesn't get credit for that. Kirby Smart gets credit, though, because he was a coordinator, and then he won a national championship as a head coach. I got it. Seems like some really sketchy rationale. It almost seems like someone's trying to make a point that's not there. I hadn't heard anybody say that Kirby Smart has made himself the more superior college coach to Dabo Swinney. Dabo Swinney figured out Nick Saban well before Kirby Smart did. Kirby Smart a month ago got destroyed as a favorite, a heavy favorite, against Alabama in the SEC championship. Great work by Kirby Smart to figure it out, to make adjustments, to come up with a winning game plan, to beat Nick Saban, to win a national championship. But there is nowhere in this college football universe where Kirby Smart right now is superior to Dabo Swinney. Kirby Smart has gone to two college football playoffs. Dabo Swinney has lived in the college football playoff. Dabo Swinney has dominated his conference. Dabo Swinney has won two national titles. You can't give Kirby Smart credit for being an established championship coordinator and then won a national championship as a head coach, but say, up, oh, Dabo isn't as good because it was his staff that was better. And so Dabo shouldn't get direct credit. Guess who built those staffs? Dabo Swinney. That's insanity. It's almost just having a point for the sake of having a point for the sake of making an argumentative topic. I don't necessarily think Keyshawn believes what he's saying there. 
sure did find a lot of reasons to try and undercut Dabo's accomplishments and didn't have an awful lot of reasons why Kirby Smart is actually considered a better coach than Dabo Swinney other than actually, well, bringing it up. Let's stick with college football listening lunch here on Ken Levick Alive, ESPN 106.3. Have you until 2 o'clock. Paul Feinbaum, boy, was he impressed with Georgia. Boy, was he impressed with the Bulldogs' national championship win over his beloved Nick Saban and Alabama. Listen to how Paul Feinbaum describes Georgia winning the national championship. No one really was predicting it was going to go this way. We spoke last week. None of us said this. Kirby Smart, though, finally getting over the hump, knocking off his former boss and Nick Saban. So, Paul, what is the significance of this win for the Georgia program? It's earth-shattering, Charlie, because this is something that a lot of people really didn't think could happen, at least in the age of Nick Saban. And I think that's what makes this even more significant. And Saban had retired in two or three years, and Kirby Smart then won a title. It would have still counted. Uh, but in, in some people's minds, it would have been discounted. But when you go up against your boss, the greatest coach of all time, and you beat him, and you don't just beat him, you run over him in the fourth quarter. It, 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 it is something that will live forever. I, I, I remember that national championship in Georgia in 1980. And what, what was interesting is the next two years, they lost in the final game. They could have won three national championships in a row. And it, it just became a curse. And we know what happened four years ago with uh, the walk-off between Tua and Devontae Smith. And a lot of people, even though we all said the same thing, Georgia is the better team, it was hard to go against Nick Saban. And, and I think all of these reasons have made this one of the most significant wins for any school uh, in, in recent memory. Wow, that is extremely bold. Let's hear one more time how Paul Feinbaum described Georgia's win. The key word here. No one really was predicting it was going to go this way. We spoke last week. None of us said this. Kirby Smart, though, finally getting over the hump, knocking off his former boss and Nick Saban. So, Paul, what is the significance of this win for the Georgia program? It's earth-shattering. Man, is that extreme. Earth-shattering, says Paul Feinbaum. Earth-shattering. Georgia beating Alabama as a favorite. Georgia was the favorite in this game, and they beat Alabama. He's right. It's significant for Georgia. Hadn't won it since 1980. Seemed like they were cursed. Seemed like they weren't going to get to this spot again. The ultimate heartbreak coming one play away from winning the national championship, only to see Tua in relief break their hearts four years ago. But earth-shattering? Earth-shattering? Cincinnati beating Alabama would have been earth-shattering. Cincinnati beating uh, Georgia, earth-shattering. Cincinnati beating Michigan would have been earth-shattering. Georgia beating Alabama by 50 would have been incredible, but not earth-shattering. There is no way in any spot in college football where Georgia beating Alabama is earth-shattering. Just because Kirby Smart finally got the best of Saban, just because Georgia figured out the Alabama puzzle pieces, doesn't mean it's earth-shattering. Theo Dorsey and I were talking yesterday about the college football season and about how it was nice to have a new champion. We graded the college football season. It was nice to have a new champion. 
but nothing really feels different. You want to know why? Because it was still an SEC power that won. The SEC beat the SEC. Georgia beat Alabama. This isn't Vandy beating Alabama. This was Georgia beating Alabama. There's nothing about that that's earth-shattering. There's nothing about that that's shocking. Georgia, as a favorite, beat Alabama. Honestly, Alabama's win over Georgia in the SEC title game, the way they did it, was more earth-shattering than Georgia winning the national championship over Alabama. Nothing's different. It's a different school. It's not a different level of football and not a different conference that won the national championship. I get Paul Feinbaum is all SEC all the time. I get that there is a certain fan base that he's trying to cater to and people he's trying to cater to, and he's done such an exceptional job of it. But nowhere, no time, is Georgia beating Alabama earth-shattering in the landscape of college football. Ken Levick alive as we head to our final clip in the listening lunch. An ESPN 106.3 free ESPN app and on your smart speaker. We had a good old-fashioned first-take throwdown on Tuesday afternoon when Keyshawn Johnson and Jeff Saturday went at it over who's the MVP, Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady? And Keyshawn, I sent you to hear from him again. He is pro-Aaron. You act like 37 touchdowns in 43 is that far off. One dude throw four interceptions, the other not... dude throws 12. I mean, like, because okay, he, he threw... Okay, he, he played the Saints. He played the Saints one time. Brady played them twice. And both of the Saints ate both them dudes up. So we can go ahead and that's, go but that's more about, to but really that's good more about defenses. The, that's more about the Saints defense. That's not about the quarterbacks. That's just the Saints defense is really good. But they good. took it from both those quarterbacks. Yeah, they but you, both those quarterbacks up. So are you telling me a healthy Tampa Bay Buccaneers team minus Tom Brady wouldn't be able to they ha- kind of float along they haven't been versus healthy. a healthy Green Bay without Aaron Rodgers? They, they have not been healthy. Mm-hmm. It's what has happened this season and what has been asked of Tom Brady well, you as opposed like to you, what's you, been you, asked you, of Aaron Rodgers. You're, you're, you're acting like Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers have been fully healthy, too. They haven't. You know, their secondary, no, I, I, was, the, I, I their secondary saying, was depleted. Okay? Their secondary so, yeah, was so, depleted. Yeah, so they was, missed, so was they were missing Randall Cobb for a minute there. I'm just Agreed. saying. Aaron what I'm Jones telling you missed is, some time. When, when you... So, so you don't think 1,200 yards and the second-ranked offense says anything about I can't that Tom but, Brady has but, played but, slightly but better Jeff, than Aaron Rodgers? I can't look at the total numbers on statistics and pick an MVP based on that because the situations is such that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is playing from behind a lot of the times, and Brady is throwing the football. It's not saying that they both sure. don't deserve it. But he's pushing the ball down the field where... That's my point. Is but he's that's required to that's what he's saying. If it wasn't for Brady, they wouldn't be winning these games. No, Charlie, that's right. not true. I think, I think they would win some games if Brady wasn't in there. Not all of them, but some no. because... How? They, well, they, <laughs> no. still could run the, they still could have ran the football when they had Jones and they had Fournette. Okay, they still have a solid defense. The back end of they the have defense Dylan is not great. Dylan and Jones from Green Bay would be better than, than what Tampa Tom has. Ugh, Jeff, eye roll. Tampa Tom. I mean, come on, dude. 
that whole conversation is just, it just makes you want to blast your head through drywall. Listen, Tom Brady's had an exceptional year. Aaron Rodgers has had an exceptional year. Aaron Rodgers drives me insane. I can't stand his anti-vax nonsense, his lying, his misleading, all that garbage. He is the best player on the best team in the NFC, in the sport. He's a top seed. His touchdown-to-quarterback ratio is out of control. 37 touchdowns to four interceptions. Brady, 43 scores, 12 picks. An outrageous 111.9 quarterback rating for Aaron Rodgers. And again, his team is the top seed in the league. Aaron Rodgers is the MVP. Brady's thrown for more yards. Aaron Rodgers, more yards per attempt. Aaron Rodgers, more accurate. Aaron Rodgers, an elite-level touchdown-to-interception ratio. Only four passes picked off this year. Aaron Rodgers is the MVP. Best player, best team, indisposable. And you can make the point that, oh, they would have won some games without Tom Brady. Keyshawn was trying to make that case. Yeah, I think so. Jeff Saturday, adamant that they wouldn't. Well, what if Jordan Love was your quarterback? We saw one taste of Jordan Love, and that was bad. That was bad. Aaron Rodgers is a lot more important to the Packers than Jeff Saturday is trying to make him out to be. Way more important. Aaron Rodgers is the MVP, and we're going to debate it over and over and over and over and over again over the next couple of weeks. But Aaron Rodgers is the back-to-back MVP winner. Tom Brady has not been better than him. Aaron Rodgers has been the best taking care of the ball and the best distributing the ball in 2021. And that's your listening lunch here on Ken LeVick Alive, ESPN 106.3.